All right. Obviously, the title is called Another Man. This is what we're going to be trusting God for, another person. Anybody who has that faith this morning, this can happen too. And we'll just prove it by the Word of God. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. And that's what I'm counting on. It's not a song. It's not this message. It's not this church. It's the Spirit of the Lord. We're looking for the true Spirit of Almighty God. Not religion. I've had enough of religion in my life. I'm talking about a relationship with the Lord Jesus. Truly asking God to come upon me. And the Bible says, And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and thou shalt be turned into another man. And remember, God says He's not a respecter of persons. Meaning, meaning like white people are. We just kind of take care of those who might take care of us, or those who have a lot of money, or those who we think are cute or handsome. Something that we can benefit from them will shower more blessings on them. God says, I, I'm a respecter of no persons. I will do this to any and all who ask and want. That's everybody here this morning. God says, I will turn you into another man. When the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. The Spirit of God. Now listen, it's a long definition, but this literally means He will rush upon thee. See, not like, okay, in about six months. No, God said, I will rush upon you, suddenly equipping thee with the capacity and the disposition to act in a manner far superior to your previous character and habits. God's going to totally and completely change you from what you were and are when the Spirit of the Lord rushes upon you suddenly. Not like a week from now, a month from now, I hope when I'm this age. No, this God does, does this stuff quickly. And that's what this word that literally means that He will rush upon you. Man, if God sees faith in your heart and you play that faith card this morning, God says, I've been waiting for someone like that. And He'll rush suddenly. Grasp that person. Fill him with the Spirit of God and make him another person. It happened in Acts. Look, and suddenly, the Bible says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Suddenly, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterances. Just Folks like you and me, folks sitting up there probably doubting, folks sitting up there wondering what's going on, what's going to happen. Did he say, looking in the mirror, shaking their head, looking at each other, thinking, man, we were a mess. And suddenly, you know, it's not a shock. God knows you're a mess. He does. The problem is, a lot of times we don't believe we're a mess. They were gathered together, sharing the same heart like we are, uh, the same love for God like we are, looking at this trust in His promise like we are. And before you totally can be filled, you must recognize your inability, your emptiness. And if you want to recognize your emptiness, just step out and try to do something for God. Over and over and over and over, week after week, year after year. Recognize your emptiness. And then you come together 
uh, at a time like maybe this morning, you come to this altar and you step out in faith, in faith, acting, uh, recognizing that you don't have what it takes. Recognizing you just, can't, you just can't do this thing. No matter how many times you look in the mirror and tell yourself, I'll be better. You can't do it. That's probably maybe the biggest blunder the church makes is we attempt, we love God, we attempt to serve God in our own strength. And it's impossible. It's impossible. God's calling us to do something we cannot do. And I don't know if this ever really registers. How are you going to change yourself? How can you? How can you? It's a supernatural progress by God. It's supernatural. This is not religion. Follow first 10 steps, 12 steps, and you're changed. It's a supernatural progression. Drawing closer to God and the power of God and absolutely does something inside of you and changes you to another person. Supernaturally. By the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and turn you into another person. I don't know. Maybe you don't want this, but man, I do. I, I really, really do. Despite what my face and self says back to me in that mirror, this is what I want. I want to be turned into another man. I want the Holy Ghost to come upon me. I want the Spirit of God to rush suddenly, take a hold of Pastor Joe. Come upon me. In spite of my weaknesses and failures and my size and my bent over going, oh God, I want him to come upon me. I actually believe that's the place you should be. Because if you think you're a Rambo, then God won't come upon you. Because you're still attempting to do it in your own ability. And just look at the apostles in their lives. They were constant failures. But what happened to them? The Spirit of God came upon them. Suddenly and instantly. From running and hiding for their lives, they come back now and they're preaching in front of everybody. And now you can get a little bit of taste of what they faced. They despised the name of Christ. In that day. In that atmosphere. Just like what's happening and now permeating through our world. You can do anything, anywhere, as long as it doesn't have the name of Jesus Christ in it. Take any book with you, wear any shirt, make any movie, unless. And yet Peter, who's hiding and running and denying, now standing in front of every, speaking the word, you better not say, in America. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, now listen to who he's talking to, you rulers of people and elders of Israel. He's talking to the brass. <clears throat> if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole? He says, be it known. Now you think of the laws today. You think of the graduate trying to step up to a podium to pray over the graduating class or the football player, or the soccer coach kneeling down to pray over an injured person. In this atmosphere, think of it then, it was even worse. And so Peter stands up, 
Peter who just came out from hiding. Peter who just said, blankety, blank, blank, I don't know the man. Changed into another person. Being filled with the Holy Ghost. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he said, he said that name, whom you crucified, he laid it out, you killed him, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head now. Neither is salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Laying it out, saying all this other stuff is wrong, incorrect. This is the only answer. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. Thank God. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So how's this denier crawl out from under the rocks, denying and cursing the anointed one that he walked with for two or three years? Change overnight seemingly. By the Spirit of God, by the power of God, by being with Jesus is what the Word of God tells us. That's how they were uneducated and untrained men. Like we are. How do we know what to do in the last days? How do we know what to do against all the demons that have been bound up and chained up to be let loose in these last days? I'm Joe from Pittsburgh. <clears throat> Uneducated, untrained. Peter and John were fishermen. No formal education. But to notice they had been with Christ. They had been with Jesus. Not religion, not denomination, but they had been with Jesus. Spending time with God, being full of the Holy Ghost, will change you into that other man and keep you changed. Because we leak as vessels. We have plenty of cracks and flaws and holes that we leak constantly. Acts again says, you shall receive power. Do you believe this stuff? Really, I mean, honestly, take an uh, inventory of yourself. Do you believe this? That you, you, just you, can be filled with power. You can receive power. Dunamos, dynamite, dynamo, power. To be different. To be that other, another person by the power of God, mixed with a little bit of faith. That all of you have, and you only need a little. You know that. Grain of what? You know the Word. One of the smallest seeds God uses to say, if you just have that much in me, this can happen to you. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the othermost parts of the earth. There's a question for us. Take all the masks off. 
What's happened to the power of God? Well, you know, the power was just for the beginning of the disciples so he could kick off his church with a bang. Have you heard that one? The miracles are just for then so people would take notice. Well, did you hear the one that says, God says, I never change? So come on, let's be serious. Where is the power of God? What happened to it? I'm not even talking about coming up by the grave, a wheelchair, or anything. I'm just talking about in people to change, to be godly, reverent, holy, honest, integrity, faithful, committed. What's happened? There's a terrible disease in the church, a horrible disease. It makes us lukewarm. <clears throat> By the way, that reminds me of the uh, war rooms in Zanesville. Do you know that? We put it on Facebook. It wasn't coming. It's here. Go see it. Another awesome movie. This disease has caused us to be lukewarm. You shall receive power. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I know. That's how we respond, not you. That's how we respond to this unbelievable word. It stunts our growth. Seems like we've stopped growing. And I'm not even talking in attendance. I'm talking about in love and desire and worship and longing for God. How? How could that happen? This disease gives us jaundice, yellow, afraid to talk about God. Someone just told me a Jehovah Witness came to their door, opened it up, and you can just kind of tell just the way they represent themselves and Conversation kind of went back and forth a little bit. The saint in the house said to the one who knocked on the door, Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? The one going around knocking on all the neighborhood doors reply was, I never even heard of that. Now, I don't know how you can look at it. You can say, well, sure, because they're in that sh stupid religion. No, 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 no. What about all the people they knocked on doors? No one told them. No one told them because we're yellow. Jaundice has set into the church. It is. I mean, think of it. It's just, that's, are we going to be honest or are we just going to sing a song and Go have hot dogs because of the weekend. It makes us anemic and apathetic and sluggish. We don't much talk about the, the blood of Jesus Christ. Anemic. We don't have any spit, any ability. Our eyes are dry, the song says. Our faith is cold. Our hearts are hard. And we produce hardly any strength in prayer. We need to be another man. Another church. Another person. Another pastor. You see, realizing that 
is the greatest step to take in achieving what God wants to do. It's like the drunk. I'm not a drunk. I'm not addicted. I don't know. That's not true. Not me. I don't believe that. And you know they are. And you can't convince them. Please don't be like that. This disease has caused us to be lukewarm, sort of in, sort of out, stunted our growth. It just has given us jaundice, yellow. We're kind of afraid to talk about God before they started throwing laws around. Now we'll probably never mention anything about God because of the laws, and it makes us anemic, sluggish. We miss opportunities after they're past. Then the dry eyes. The disease is called half-heartedness. It is. Things creep into us, whether you believe it or not. Things have a way of crawling back into us, robbing us of our fervor and passion for God. Now we find ourselves kind of... And left like that, you're most miserable because it's like you don't have the ability. But God does. God does. God has that ability. Jeremiah says, and you shall seek me and find me. But what's the key? Your, your whole heart, all your heart. God's already told you. You can seek for me, and guess what? You'll find me when you want to, is what God's saying. You'll find me. God's not hiding. He's not playing hide-and-seek on us. Our church needs to be changed into another church, not one of millions of churches. We have millions of churches in our land, and we're getting worse. Hosea 10.2 says this, Their heart is divided. Look what it says after that. Now shall they be found faulty. And it's true. It's true. If my heart becomes divided from my love for my wife, our marriage becomes faulty. Anything, anything that you want to put, if it comes, becomes divided, whatever the object is becomes faulty. And that's what's happened. We've been born again into a divided heart, born again experience in our land. We've taken Jesus and put him as a category in our lives instead of him being our life. We, that's what we've done to when you speak contrary to that, like now, you're wondering what you're thinking. Because it almost sounds like I'm speaking in Chinese. But that's the truth. Mark 3.25 says, And if a house be divided against itself, that house can't stand. Our nation is not standing anymore, is it? It was always God, America, and ball, baseball. That was it. Now it's so diverse. 
so many gods, our nation can't stand. It cannot stand. Making ridiculous laws that make no sense. For example, no longer allowed to flag, uh, uh, fly that flag, the rebel flag, for whatever reason they want to say. But you can fly the Nazi flag. Now, do you have to be a rocket scientist to kind of figure what does our nation is a bunch of buffoons? Look, listen to me. Why do you think crazy things are happening in our nation? Crazy, unreal things. Because the presence of God. We are walking away from the presence of God. It's only the presence of God that keeps you sane. That keeps you having common sense. And when you turn your back from it, you're left to do what you want to do without restraints. This is a supernatural calling from God. And in the midst of that kind of life, we need to be changed into another person. And it can only be done by God. Matthew tells us this, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He's talking about the church. He's talking about the church, the ecclesia, the called out. And we can. We become lukewarm. Half-heartedness. I need a new heart. I would be a fool to say, I, I got Everything's cool here. Yeah, really, I would be. Because there's none of us like this. No, not one. It's what the Bible says. There isn't one. And to tell God, no, I'm cool, God. I don't need this. No, I'm telling God in front of all you, I want a new heart. I want a new heart, God. I want a brand new heart. I need one. I want the Spirit of the Lord to rush upon me today, God. I absolutely do. And be turned into another man. On down from that opening text, 1 Samuel 10, 9, it says, and it was so. God did it. I don't know, we don't function like that. As soon as I will cry out for another heart, and we'll sing that song that they finished on, and we'll amen, dismiss, and you'll go, well, I didn't feel nothing, I don't On your way back to the pew. God says you're not to walk by feelings, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And it was so. I'm no respecter. I haven't changed. And he said to Martha, did I not say, if you would believe, you'll see the glory of God? Martha, you got to fight against this. This is the labor to entering into that rest. This is the laboring, the fighting, the getting, to get into that rest, the rest of the trust of the word. Remember the high priest? They used to have them little headbands. They had things on their head. No one looked in the mirror and they're going, oh, but the thing said, holiness unto God. The high priest, remember, he would wear it. 
I want to ask for a new heart this morning. Listen, I already have all the excuses. I know I don't deserve it. I know that. So if you're using that one, I already used it first. I know it. I know this. But I want to ask for a new heart. I'll just give you a few reasons. The first one is because mine's been wounded. Whether by me, you, or everybody, it's been wounded. We all have those wounds that kind of take the oomph out of us. Zechariah 13, 6 says, And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thy hands? And he shall answer, Man, these are those which, uh, with which I was wounded are in the house of my friends. My friend did this to me. Wounded. Barely. And the great physician comes and checks your heart. Half your heart's not working. You have disease. You have clotted arteries. Wounded from my friends. Anybody that's been a Christian for more than three seconds has been wounded by a friend. It's the way we are. Crazy, but the way we are. Psalm 41.9 says, Yes, my own familiar friend in whom I trusted and did eat bread with hath lifted up his heel against me. God give you a new heart. Become another man. All of this has happened to us. Inner turmoil of families, spouses, children, friends, neighbors, relatives, cousins, uncles, grandma, grandpa, church members, choir people. I want to ask God for a new heart this morning. Because, you know, I think mine's been poisoned. Poisoned with doubt. Serving God long enough to doubt. Matthew, Mark eleven twenty three says this, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he'll saith shall come to pass. He'll have whatever he saith. And I'm going, God, how can I still doubt you after all these years? Just walking and praying with someone not that long ago. And we've been through so much together, haven't we? Sure have. Crazy, unbelievable things. Um, I know, it's wild. Betrayed, lied upon, right in that truth. I know it, oh my gosh. Uh, the guy's going down probably more I'm talking to him. But then I said, has God ever let either one of us down? And he went, no, no. So I said, why do we doubt? I don't know, I don't know. Isn't that true to every one of us? That's that lousy, stinking, fallen nature that God says, you need something supernatural done. You need a brand new engine, a brand new motor, supernaturally. And God says, 
That's the heart. And he can do this. Matthew 14, 31 says, And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, why'd you doubt? Why did you doubt? And I would always tell God throughout all the years, I would always say, God, can I get through one situation without egg on my face? I don't know if you young people know what that means even. A lot of times I'll say stuff and Ruth will say, half the church don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Who does not know what egg on your face means? God, two adults. Husbands, teach them what egg on their face means. I mean, isn't it true? What you just like one time to finish well? Instead of God lifting you up, dusting you off, patting you on the back and say, I told you I'd never leave you. You're right. And off you go again. Why, God, after all these years, trial after trial, situation after situation, why do I doubt? Jesus, I mean, what a question he asked Peter. Peter's safe back in the boat. <sighs> Probably panic-stricken with what just happened. And Jesus said, uh... Why'd you doubt? Doubt literally means to be divided in two. That's what it means. Oh, I believe, I believe, but help my unbelief. Oh, there's two things going on at you. Isn't it true with us? So I want to ask God for a new heart this morning. Just because. Because I'm tired of the one I have. And because I have blockage in this heart. Things block. Get blocked in my heart. Things can happen in our lives that you can even drive by a certain situation where part of the blockage come from and you remember it every time. Just by association with the place. You drive by and you go, you feel that blockage. Exactly. 2 Timothy 4.10 says, For Demas, having forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed. That's blocks to the heart. Blockage. He fell in love with someone else over the Lord. Luke says this, Take heed to yourselves. In case you're elbowing your neighbor, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that that day come upon you unexpectedly. So your laundry's not done. Okay? What else dumb thing do we get into? The car's not washed. The hedges aren't trimmed. The ironing still needs to become fixed. And you're about uh, eight minutes from dying, and you don't know it. And who wants to ask God for a new heart? I do. I really do. I just want, I want a new heart. 
who believes God can give them a new heart? Do you really believe it? Because you understand that God causes us or wants us to act on our belief. Through all the voices that will scream at you when I say, let's come down this altar and ask for a new heart. All the times you've been reminded you did it before. Well, that's because we leak and our hearts take hits throughout life. They just do. Proverbs 14.30 says this, A sound heart is life. We're talking about the spiritual heart. Hey, when you go to the doctor and you might have issues, and you go through all them $50 million worth of tests, for him to come out and say, there's nothing wrong with you. You shouldn't leave. You should be going, thank you, thank you. Well, a spiritual heart, the Bible says, a sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. A sound heart can only come from God. Can only come from God. God has the... How many wives in this place have tried to change their husband's heart or your children's heart? And that blows up. Even if every one of your intentions were pure and good, it blows up. Ezekiel eleven nineteen, New Living Translation says this, And I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their hearts of stone and give them tender hearts instead. I, I need a tender heart. Because after a long time of ministry, it can get hard. After a long time of people association, it can get hard. Can it? Just with your work. How many of you work beside those people for 10, 15 years and you just like to... Because stuff happens to us. We can be the cruelest to the one we pledge to live with in harmony forever. Because of our hearts. Look at this powerful scripture in Ezekiel. God says, I will give you singleness. That's what we need. Singleness of heart. And put a new spirit within you. God can do this this morning. And I will take away their hearts of stone, the ones that are not starting to care, and give you a tender heart instead. Tender. Easily pricked by God. Oh. That you're moved with compassion. Only God can do that. I want a tender heart this morning, Lord. And we're going to ask for him. Let's stand. My question to you now is, I want the band back, please, Rod. Every one of you, just go into that last song that this church responds to all the time. But the song is not here to entertain you by no means. It's here to encourage the presence of God and to stir upon you that you will come to this altar and ask God for a new heart. No matter. Pastors wound people left and right. Churches destroy people left and right. It's crazy, but it's true. So the question is, will you come and stand before God this morning and ask Him for a new heart? And after we pray and bend our knee in hearts before a holy God, 
after all that, then will you turn your back and go to the, back to your uh, seat by faith and believe God at His work. When you make that about faith, the war is going to start. The battle, the enemy will jump. Just a regular, just nothing. No, I'm going by faith, believing and asking. Our altars are open. Let's come and stand before God, worship to this song, and then we're going to pray.